Brandt had a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of masterwork! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it! A one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Mane! Hey, welcome back to the BBB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver, and I want to say special guest. He is a special guest, although we just had him on a couple weeks ago, Uh, but I mean, the more Brian, the better. So if we can keep this maybe a semi-consistent thing, I'm not mad about it. Brian, (laughs) joining us again, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Happy to be back. Never, Never too soon. And uh, Brian and the rest of the New York guys got got some love on the Dirk Classicer day. I, I saw you guys on the uh, uh, at banter on BVB official Instagram, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, definitely cool. I mean, I wish the circumstances were different. I mean, everyone does, right? But hey, you know, you like the you love look, where, where we can get it. You guys looked nice and happy pre-match before, like when they posted the photo, and then we didn't get any updates after that. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> there were no updates to be had. Carver, how are you doing, man? Holding up well, yeah. Um, so be of course we're gonna talk about Bayern Dirk Classiker, which ripped that title away, throw it in the trash until until we, we make it a Dirk Classiker, which I don't know if that's ever gonna happen. Uh we got the Newcastle game, which we had the quick nice turnaround with Newcastle. We got Stuttgart coming up. Um, and we're gonna talk all about that. Maybe I'm biased, and I don't know how but I guess maybe I'll ask Brian to talk about this a little bit because Carver and I could talk about it a lot. But I do want to show some love to uh, former Borussia Dortmund keeper and current St. Louis City SC keeper. I'm putting my St. Louis biased hat on. Uh, But today, as we're recording on Thursday, uh, Roman Berkey uh, was named MLS goalkeeper of the year, which is super cool after uh, just everything and how his career ended at Dortmund. Uh, Brian, you you have any thoughts about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Big up Berkey. I mean, I'm happy for him. Like, I, I never disliked the guy. Um, it was sad to see the way his career ended at Dortmund, but I'm just happy to see him really thriving here in the U.S. And uh, yeah, super, super happy for him. Carver, you said some nice things on Twitter, so I'll let you talk. Yeah, I'm just to keep it short. I mean, I'm just I'm very happy he's happy, and at least he's. Uh, saying himself he is and, and he has a great support system around here the fans obviously love him we got a song dedicated for him and we sing it pretty much every single game um and obviously he's getting plenty of minutes plenty of recognition plenty plenty of national attention um so i think it's it, i think it's cool for um to him have to ha- have all that and then also just take a, a new step into a um i guess the twilight of his career but yeah just super happy for him I mean, one of the cool things too, and this is obviously with my St. Louis hat on. So I apologize to any any of our listeners and and fellow Dortmund supporters who live anywhere other than St. Louis, Kansas City, New York, who don't care, Chicago, anywhere. Insert any other city. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna blab a little bit. I'm not gonna. It'll, it'll be quick and short. I love how so many people, like MLS pundits, questioned the Berkey buy. Um, and the sporting director for St. Louis city just backed it. Like if you have a, the option to get someone like Berkey, you take it. And it was just nice to see like 
the, the doubt ahead of it and then just him proving everyone wrong, which is really cool. And again, the like him for on a personal level, like him being able to turn his career around and get in a place where he's happy is really cool to see. So more the like, I mean, it's cool to see the uh, him as a Brucey Dortmund, former goalkeeper, and then a lot of love for him on the socials from, I think, Marco Royce uh, and Marius Wolf and a few other guys around the Bundesliga commenting, commenting and, and showing their love for him too. But just like on that, when you think of everything he went through and just like the personal level, like seeing that t- turnaround and development is, is really cool. And now I will take my St. Louis City hat off and we will talk <laughs> Dortmund, which isn't as exciting in the, uh, the first part of the episode where we're going to get into uh, the Bayern match losing by four goals and right off the bat i have to cop because in the last episode i said i felt confident with our center backs holding up harry kane and he got a hat trick i mean that's not exclusive to you i was i was also feeling a bit more optimistic and we got a big old pie to the face on that one jake (laughs) (laughs) um but i mean brian i guess your thoughts going into this this match how were you feeling how uh did the lineup compare to what you thought um i guess you're what you thought going into it? What were the vibes like at Banter? How was all the? How was everything before it, it it turned upside down? So I guess I'll start with my own initial thoughts. I mean, I I didn't really want to say too much prior to the game because it, it, it's it, it's always something that you can't expect with Bayern. Like there, there's always some sort of twist. There's always something that that will will throw off what you expect or what you think may or may not happen. So I just wanted to reserve my judgment for after the game and, and see how we played and then be like, okay, well, we either we did good or in this case, we didn't do so good. Um, going into the lineup, I, I definitely thought there was going to be issues, particularly on the right side of the defense. I mean, having to see Marius Wolf have to face off against Leroy Sané was always going to be a stressful thing. And uh, and indeed it was. It was definitely uh, uh, something that, that gave me a few gray hairs to, to take home with me. So, um, but yeah, um, vibe in terms of, uh, the bar, I mean, everyone was relatively cheery, you know, a lot of us were optimistic or a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, the members of the fan club that came to, to the bar were very optimistic, but of course, as the game went on, you know, that, that mood kind of soured, but at the same time, you know, we were there with, with, with everyone and it was just nice to get together for the game despite the result, you know, so it's never a bad time at banter. It's just we wish the circumstances were a little bit, you know, more in our favor. But it is what it is. Carver, did you go to Amsterdam? Yeah, just the same as uh, Brian said. It's always a good time at the dam. Um, we always get a good showing for the Dirk Classicer. And it's not just us two. Of course, the Munich fan group shows up as well. So, um, you know, you get to you get to have the extra pain of hearing them like chant and score and everything every time they did get one in the back of the net. Um, but it's always great seeing everyone come out especially whenever some people haven't been there in a while either. So, um, you know, it's a good time to connect and everything and try to keep a positive spirit throughout the match, I guess. Um, let's just jump right in the first nine minutes where we went down two goals. <laughs> we'll do the, do the lineup first. Uh, Brian, you obviously mentioned Wolf uh, and then that, just that, <laughs> seeing that situation. Uh, he was right back. We had Hummels and Schlotterback, our two center backs. We had so much faith in uh, Rearson left back. Kobo was in goal. Sabitzer and Oshan uh, sitting in the uh, old deeper midfield. Then Royce, Brandt, Malin, and Full Krug. Besides the Wolf and seeing how that went, like did you, like thoughts on the lineup? I think like I I know I wanted Royce. I think this is kind of what I expected. I uh, 
I would have preferred Benzabaini and Rierson. Um, but I mean, that pretty much that was kind of what I expected, though, was especially Royce being in there. Uh, Brandt, yeah, Sabatero's Chan. I mean, Carver, do you have any thoughts seeing the lineup? Yeah, I mean, I just, I know the approach should have been just trying to take control of midfield. I, I mentioned that uh, Bayern are going to be missing a few really key players. Um, of Goretzka did end up being in this uh, starting 11 for Munich. So I made that mistake. But I mean, I, again, I think we should still, the approach should be still to try to control the midfield here. And um, I mean, it could work with Savitzer and, and Oschan. Um, but then again, I feel like this could have been a game for Mecha as well as as I as you know as much as I hate to say it, I think he could have been um, pretty decent help right at the get go. But the approach from the players, though, mentally is I think a, a big problem and a big concern for every time we have this fixture. I talked to Brian uh, right before we started recording that you know the fear that the players have in themselves and. And just the mentality, I think, is really comes into question for this fixture. I mean, you could see how even just comparison to the Newcastle game after this, it's night and day how the the team is acting. You know, they they go into it with um, against Newcastle. They you know, they have a lot more of a positive attitude They're on the front foot. Uh, and then the Munich is just the opposite where they're slow, they're sloppy, they're fearful. They're not trying much of anything. They're a shell of themselves. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel like, and again, we talked about this before, but I feel like the, the team could use like a psychologist on the team to address a fixture like this. I know it, it it's not too uncommon in a lot of teams, but if, just for this fixture alone, I think it could do us a world of good because I don't know if the players are going into it thinking that they've already lost and um, they are not just ready to come out right out of it out of the gates with uh, a better mentality, but. Yeah, it just seems like we crumble within the first 10 minutes against Munich a lot more than we should. Yeah, like uh, like Carver mentioned, we did talk about this a little bit right before recording. And uh, yeah, uh, the fear, once again, is, is really something that stuck out to me. I mean, um, just looking at the way like our passes were so disjointed, whenever I would see any singular player on the ball that would kind of try and like, you know, play it out quickly, it almost seemed very haphazard and as if they were trying to rid themselves of that responsibility. And it was so easy for Bayern to put every single one of them under pressure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't understand why it is that we go into these games and all of a sudden, you know, Dortmund forget how to play. And it's not like they, you know, didn't take this game seriously. I mean, there were so many interviews after with players basically saying, like, you know, we, we don't just, like, go into this game saying, like, I think it was Sabitzer actually that said this. So it's like, we don't go into this game, you know, like, oh, we get paid anyway. We don't care. Like, they, they want to win. It's just, for some reason, there's just been this mental block that has been developed at this club after, like, so many years of, you know, not being able to, to beat them at this point. I think... The last uh, win we had was what was it, 2018, 2019 in a Super yep. Cup or something like that. Uh, so it it's the, like, yeah, it was 18, 19 in the season, but then we won again in Super Cup. I think yeah. it was 1920. Yeah. Wrong. So I mean, having that be the last win, and then even like not being able to win with players like Sancho, like uh, like Bellingham and Holland in the squad. I I I I don't know. I, I think all of that kind of just like weigh, weighs them down when they go into this. I feel like there's just this massive pressure. Like we haven't won in so long, we have to win. Um, but on the flip side of it, like it wasn't necessarily even just the fear that I noticed. It was also 
like, I don't want to use the words like not taking it seriously, but just using that instance of where for the first goal, right? Where, where Schlotterbeck is, is marking Upamakano and they're having a friendly chit chat, you know, it, while, while they're standing there, like laughing and whatever. And then basically um, Schlotterbeck lets him run on goal side and scores. Like that stuff also needs to come out of their game too. Like, I don't know why he thought that was appropriate. And I think that's something that a lot of people I saw really, really dislike and, and really kind of, you know, t- take their frustration out about. And rightfully so. I mean, pleasantries are pleasantries. Like, I don't know if they know each other or whatever, but take do that in the tunnel. Like, definitely don't be doing that on the pitch, especially like when you know it's such a serious game. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's a little bit of fear mixed with, like, not taking it too casually, but like, inst- like lapses where they're just like, oh, okay, like, you know, this is a game... I don't want to say against friends or whatever, but like I, I don't know. It's it's complicated. It's a complicated issue. Flutterbeck's like the last person you would expect to, you know, be putting on a friendly smile just minutes into the game like that too. It was just really, it was really surprising. Or even let alone like if he is someone that's like, oh, I could still put that back on. I mean, Uba Makano was having that same conversation, and then he was immediately getting himself on the ball and getting in the right position and having that killer instinct to finish it off. So. I mean, if you are able to even like check yourself out and you have to be able to check yourself right back in, I don't know, it's very unfortunate. And I would not expect a player like Schlotterbeck to do something like that. That was very surprising indeed. This fixture feels like it's almost become like they're our bogey team. Like usually you think of a bogey team as like someone way beneath you who just gets a better view each time. But this this is like, it's like a, like a, a parody or a comedy like how how long this has gone and now like i think there is a, a lot of like mental to it like it's like especially with each loss or each each year that goes by that we don't beat them like it just continues to build because it it it's just the continue continued like added pressure year after year uh to where this mental block comes on this this fear creeps in um it it, it is interesting like that that example of Schlotterbeck with like with the f- first goal in the, the fourth minute, like the, this, is it a, it's hard to say. It's like, w- there's so many things going on. Right. And I mean, Brian, you touched on all of them, but like a mental block, uh, let's take it casually because we are the other big team. Um, it's like, is that going through their mind? It's, it's just such a, a weird thing. And as far as like, I guess how they approach this game. And, and that's what is the confusing thing. Like it's n- when, I know that we we drew them last year and that felt competitive, but it's like we celebrated like we won everything when we when we got that 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 one to tie it up and it, it shouldn't be like that. Like it needs to be a, and, and I believe in that match too. Like we finally turned it on towards the end when we came back, but we need to be on as you mentioned with Schlotterbeck. Like we need to be on and and fighting for it from minute one. And I don't know why they're not. I like I don't know. Again, we we needed we needed a psychologist to analyze everything uh, for our sake and for theirs too, because like something's something's off. And yeah, I don't know what we need to do to get over the hump, but yeah, it's just it's so so frustrating too, because we as fans obviously get get up for it, um, and the, the fans in the stadium are up for it. And when you have eighty one thousand people backing you, and then you you just go get battered four zero at home is just. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like, it's its out of control. Yeah, it's pretty demoralizing. Um, look at some of these stats, and these are pretty, I mean, I don't know how much they really add to anything, but they're pretty interesting. I mean, we had more interceptions than them. This is according to FB Ref. 
Uh, we had more interceptions in them. We had more tackles. We had more aerials won. Um, the possession was pretty split. But just watching this game, though, it, it looked like we never even had a sniff a goal uh, the entire time. And we ended up with an XG of one. But I can't really think of any, much of any chances off the top of my head uh, that were, was created in this game. I don't know if that was like an accumulation of, of half chances here and there. But again, just a shell of ourselves. And you could see in the first five, ten minutes against Newcastle, we were already much better than all 90 minutes against Munich. Well, that was also what you mentioned with with the shot creation and and, and chance uh, chance creation. I mean, that's that's something we talked about uh, on our pod recently too. And one of the things we touched on is, you know, once again, we have this issue where it, it, I don't think necessarily we have an issue with creating chances because I feel like there were chances in the game. It's just converting them, right? Like there was that one chance that I remember at the end of the first half where Donnie was able to to curl it towards goal, but he tried to finesse the shot instead of just trying to, you know, power it in. And th- that's one of those moments where you kind of just got to like do whatever you can to get the ball in the net. And it came so close. And I think that was probably one of the most agonizing things too, because there were a few decent chances, but we just fell victim to that, not being able to like be, uh, or, or not, not converting as many can- chances as we possibly should, you know? So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit frustrating on that end too. And from the player perspective too, like it, it, you can see how this game just continues to, to slip away. Like, I mean, you go down early, but we've seen this team climb back. I mean, Terzic even mentioned it too. Like we, we fought back. Uh, it's why we, up until this point, we'd been undefeated in the league, like that ability, but you go down early, like, especially in the first nine minutes against Bayern, like that makes it so much tougher then you get chances and you're not clinical you're not able to put them away like that just builds and builds and builds like the the pressure and uh just i think that like the overwhelming sense of man we can't we can't do this like if that's going through their head like it doesn't surprise me um if it is like it does come down to a lot of mental stuff because again that's the confidence and if you're if you're confident you're going to be able to make those shots uh and and when you have like a few chances and then they're not going like that's just it just it doesn't help i i think i already said that but no, nothing helps nothing about this it, like there's no way to kind of get back into it or even have a chance if it just continues to feel out of reach um so halftime we did see wolf come off in sule sub on like and then i mean sure we we eventually saw mecha uh makoko uh i forget the other subs off the top of my head but i mean Eddie, he, as well we yep. also saw like was there a goal pretty immediately too after Sule come on? Like, I, I do want to talk about Sule, maybe especially when we get in the Newcastle game. Um, but any, is there hope of Sule in this right back position? I think that uh, that that's kind of what Dortmund are thinking now moving forward. Um, it is a little bit risky, obviously, because we don't really have much uh, depth at center back either. I mean, right, a fullback and center back are the main areas where we really, really, really don't have depth. So. I think the the thought process with obviously having Wolf in there previously was, well, if either Hummels or Slaughterbeck goes down, we do need a quality player to come in and, and take their spot. So that's where Sule was, right? But considering now, you know, he has shown, and like you mentioned, he was a lot better in, in the Newcastle game, especially, that he can play that position proficiently. I mean, he, he played that position a lot for Bayern too, right? So, I mean, like, yeah, I, I think he is the, you know, the right right back going forward until we get to 
um, you know, the, the winter transfer window where they are saying now that, you know, well, we're going to try and bring someone in. How good that person is going to be re- remains to be seen because I, the winter transfer market is notoriously known for being, you know, a, a harder time to bargain. Prices are inflated. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, as of right now, I think he is the player to go in that position, particularly with the tough uh, tough fixtures that are coming up. Yeah, if, if Sule... I feel like he should have started this match if if we are looking to play him more right back at the moment. I mean, with with Sané being like an arguably the best form he's been in in years. Um, I mean, I don't watch Munich too much, but I feel like ever since he's been at City almost, I mean, he's really been clicking and then he's been red hot lately. And, and, and I mean, he cooked Wolf plenty of times. Of course, Hummels doesn't have the legs to keep up with him. So, I mean, the, the second goal you can attribute to the really either of them. Um, and it's it's just tough, and I don't really know the answer if if is if Sule is being like right back at all going forward, like you mentioned, because of the depth problem. And I don't need to get into that because Jake and I have been reiterating that reiterating that for a very long time now. Yeah, I'm looking at the other subs. I mean, they're pretty underwhelming to begin with, but yeah. Oh, we did see Makoko come on in this match, like a little more. I know this is he's been stepping in uh, a little more, getting more minutes from him, uh, especially in the. Well, I guess we saw him against Hoffenheim too. Um, and we, we touched on Makoko a lot last time in the last couple of weeks. But I think, I mean, encouraging signs with that. Brian, did you write something on BVB Buzz about Makoko or was that just something? Uh, I feel like I read something. I don't remember if you wrote it or. I've written a lot about Makoko. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, with regards to him stepping in, getting, getting minutes, it's great. Um, it's good to see that Terzic is, try- is trying to rely on him a little bit more. I still think he needs more minutes than he's gotten, especially for after what we saw for, during that Hoffenheim game. I don't think the the Bayern game at all is a reflection of you know uh, what sort of contribution he can have because at that point, I mean, it was we were dead in the water. So like that was kind of just more like, all right, here you go, kid. Like ha- have a run on the have her on the pitch, you know. Um, but he has shown that he can be a, a quality player more than once, and I do think that it's a good sign that he's getting more and more minutes. And it's it gives me confidence that when um, that that when we come do come to that point where Haller is on um, international duty for for Afcon, I, I do think he'll definitely get a little bit more minutes, um, and we'll get to see a little bit more of that quality shine through. Yeah, and bringing the Makoko up at no point was I was like I, I was not trying to that that's my point. It's 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 good to see him start getting more minutes, and I feel like that's just going to continue to ramp up. Um, because we, we've seen some good, uh, production out of him, um, in the, in the few minutes that he's gotten and I'm just ready to move on to Newcastle. I don't know if you guys had anything more on Byron, but <laughs> I think the less said about that, the cool. better at this point. Cool, cool, cool. Which is why I like, I brought up Sule anyways, but I'll get into, uh, that lineup. And I mean, we, before we talk Sule just a little bit more, this is something we brought up. Um, I mean, it's, it's been, a, it's been a while now, but like, I think our lack of depth obviously everywhere center back positions but i think that's kind of maybe why sule's been on the bench more or maybe he hasn't i mean i know hummel like i've been a fan of hummels um and i think him and schlotterback have a good partnership right now but it's like sule's ability to play both positions puts him at detriment almost because he's he's that backup like he can come in at right back or center back where we need him so it's almost best to start him on the bench because well we can't start all three of you because then what happens if, if someone goes down? Because then you're just going to be in a weird rotation already. Um, but we did see him get the start against Newcastle. 
a home again, Champions League. We had Koble in goal, Sule right back, Hummels and Slaughter back in the uh, center backs again, Rierson, exact same uh, back line. Sab- Sabitzer and Oshan again starting there. Uh, but then this time up top, we saw Adiemi, Mecha, Brant, and Full Krug. So uh, Malin and Royce uh, swapped out for Adiemi and Mecha. And uh, yeah, big, big game. We knew it was going to be a big game, especially after the tight win against Newcastle away. Uh, and this is the the time to get the business done. And that's exactly what we did. Glorious, glorious game to watch where although we were extremely sad and upset on the weekend, this this helps a bit um, in in now sitting here where I'm, I'm feeling a little more confident in the Champions League. We're still in the group of death. It's still super tight. Uh, you look at the table, PSG sitting in second with two losses and they're in second just by behind by one point. Like it's still super tight. But at this point, and after that Bayern match, I'm like more confident about the Champions League, or at least more excited about it now. Uh, to where I think during the draw, I was like had very low expectations of the Champions League. Yeah, definitely excited. Um, so this this lineup here was a was a four three three, at least according to Paramount. But I mean, it shifted a few different times, even in the opening like 15 minutes of the game, anywhere from like a four two three one. Uh, and when we were in possession, we we also did this against Bayern a bit too when Sule came on, but it was like a 3-2-5, having all three center backs be that back line, Sabitzer and Ozchan in front of them, and then you just have all five trying to pin the opposition back, um, which of course did not work well against Munich, but I think it was pretty effective against Newcastle. And again, I think it really helps whenever the players have that game behind them now, they're not overthinking things and they could just kind of be themselves. And again, I mentioned already, but you could see how much better we looked in just those opening the opening spells of this game compared to the entire match against Munich. I mean, we asked questions early of Newcastle's backline. Um, Newcastle's backline also uh, was pretty tasty looking. I mean, Fabian Scher was the only really decent defender for Newcastle in this lineup. I mean, you have Trippier, who's uh, more of a wingback. You have Lascelles. Obviously, I don't need to say much about him. He's like a championship player at best. And of course, Lewis Hall, too, who is very young, not as experienced and also new to Newcastle. So I think it favors a lot us a lot more, at least in an attacking sense, um, for the opening phases of this game. And like I said, ask questions early, good spells of possession, just looked a lot much more like ourselves, which is, you know, obviously fun to watch. Yeah, um, I mean, going into the game, I definitely you know agree with with a lot of what, what Carver said. But um, but going into the game, uh, I was definitely saying a lot that you know it, it was an important game in terms of the points in the Champions League. But it was very very important for them to have that bounce back game and to show like, all right, yeah, we got slapped by Bayern, but that doesn't mean like we're gonna like slump and now go into this like you know rut where we we can't get a result. And I think they, you know, they, they did a great job. They took this game by the, by, by the scruff of the neck, you know, uh, controlled it in, in almost all phases. I mean, you had maybe a handful of chances where Newcastle looked threatening. And granted, yes, they, they did have their, their injuries and whatever. But it was really good to just see them still just control that game so well and show that that, that win um, in Newcastle wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just like, okay, yeah, it was a one-off. Like, no. They, they, they stamped their authority on Newcastle and showed, like, no, at, at this point in time, you know, we're going to be the better team. We're going to come away with the points. So it was really, really refreshing, especially after that Bayern game, to just, uh, yeah, to get that very, like, controlled and, and decisive win. Like, there, I don't remember a single time watching that game being like, okay, like, I'm, I'm super nervous or whatever. 
Um, even when we were like going into like the last minutes when we were still just like one nil up, I was like, no, okay. Like we're doing all right. Like it's, it's, there's not that many moments where they're really taking the game to us. Um, I also really liked, uh, like Sabitzer's and Oshchen's performance in the midfield. I think they really redeemed themselves in this game. Right. I mean, obviously Sabitzer getting the assist that he did. I mean, that, that flick for that goal for full crew, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. I loved it. I love to see it. I want to see more of it. If you could do that every other game. I'd, I'd be extremely happy, uh, but who wouldn't be right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a it was it was a it was a redemption performance, and I think it was very important. Like I said, not only for the points in the Champions League, but also for them mentally. Just be like, okay, like we're still like you know we're still on it. So yeah, super happy to watch. That first goal was was really fun to watch. I mean, they combined really well. Like you said, Fulkrog, Sabitzer, and some fortunate touches there during the running play. But we really stuck with the attack there and. I'm glad, you know, we didn't drop our heads once it that didn't, didn't necessarily like slow down, but again, um, relied on some fortunate touches and just, and just kept having the, the foot on the gas for that attack and eventually got the reward. It was a good bounce back and especially again, really tough game against a, um, a team in England who's on the up and up right now. And not only did we control the game well too, but like we we're very physical. And I think that was, um, I mean, we knew that was going to be a big ask against uh, against Newcastle, who's got some physical players, especially in their midfield with Joe Ellington, um, Bruno Gimaresh as well. Uh, so you still have some, you know, some work to do to try to beat through their press. And again, you need some physicality as well. And I think our midfield definitely provided that. I think this match was so important to like come out early and come out strong, um, just to kind of like batter down Newcastle. Like, uh, like they remember the match we just had too. So like you come out. Like they're not going to want to go through a, a grind battle like that again. And if we, uh, but but they also probably knew like that uh, us coming off fire and like it could go either way too. So that you know they were going to come out like swinging or to try swinging because uh, if they could get on top of us, then maybe our confidence would be shot. But we didn't didn't allow that. And uh, yeah, I think more more importantly, like you said, ch- like Champions League, this is great. But as far as the bounce back, because I think this is a match that will also help us going forward in the Bundesliga, like it just brings back so much confidence and we can maybe just skim past that Bayern match and, and just kind of shrug it off and, and keep going and keep progressing. Um, and yeah, I, I know the Terzic, I'm changing the subjects a little bit, but the Terzic not wanting sexy football, but if we can still work it in there while we're being physical is, uh, is great to see too. Cause I think, um, yeah, the, the first goal, like you said, lucky bounces kind of bobbled around a bit, but to maintain control and to uh, the composure and then stick it in the back of the net. And then later uh, we see that the nice transition goal too, um, which I want to uh, touch on, just jump into Adiyemi and I'll get your guys' thoughts on on his performance in this game. But I think it was a very important performance for him too because uh, he looked he looked a lot better in this match, uh, played him with a little more confidence. Um, maybe he just came out fiery after Bayern and, and just maybe it hit him that how this season hasn't been going too well. So I was really happy to see him come in um, and, and perform well. And then of course be a big reason for that, that transition goal, the second goal uh, starting that, that counter attack to where, I mean, to, to finish by Brandt is amazing. Uh, but yeah, I kind of started with, with Adeyemi, uh, which I love to see. Brian, did your uh, thoughts on Adeyemi in, in this match specifically? Of course, it's 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 hard not to touch on him because obviously he's been having such a hard time 
but he came into this match and obviously wasn't perfect still. I mean, he did have, you know, some moments where he lost the ball once again, like all the things that we've been criticizing him for. But there were also a lot of moments that we haven't seen in, in recent matches where he, he did stick to his runs. Like he wasn't making as many like stupid decisions. And he was really, really trying to get to get that second goal as well. I mean, there were a couple of times where like, you know, he dribbled past two or three players, put himself in like a promising position and ripped a shot. And I think little by little, more performances like this will um, both build his confidence, maybe like bubble a little bit of that frustration in, in a good way though, in the sense like, okay, like I'm getting closer and closer. Like maybe this is the game that I'll actually break through. And, and yeah, I think it, it's only a matter of time until like we see a little bit more of, you know, the, the player that we saw last season. Um, but yeah, going, going to that goal specifically, I mean, yeah, the, the, the way he played the ball for Brandt was, was, was sublime. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily what we know him for, but it was nice to see. And, and then of course, Brandt scoring the way he did, you know, cross, uh, crossing her T's and dotting her eyes to make sure that, you know, we're good to go and that we have the three points. It was great to see. So it was a typical brand performance too. It's like you had a couple of those like sloppy passes where he lost the ball in like, you know, dangerous areas, but then he provided the goods at the end. So it's all good. And then we can continue loving him and be like, Oh, he's amazing. So Carver brand boys, yeah, brand boys before you, you jump in Carver. Um, I mean, that that's a, a great point too, is just the, like the mentality and to keep going. Cause even looking at Adiyami's stats, like they're not great. 64% pass accuracy. He did like, he had two chances created one big chance created, uh, but then getting that assist at the end to put it away. Same thing with Brant, like maybe sloppy here and there, but to just keep trying like get the simple thing is to like not put your head down and keep trying and keep at it. And it it doesn't matter really what happens before that. Like you get the the second goal, which was amazing to put it away. And that's all that really matters. Yeah, good or bad. I think Adeyemi, I mean, that's just one of his core qualities is just constantly giving his all even if he is continuously having like if he's having bad games he's continuously getting dispossessed or whatever he's still going to keep trying it's kind of like Pulisic-esque in that in that sense um yeah I mean he was dispossessed a few times this game but he also had a hand he had three recoveries had an interception a few clearances a few tackles progressives or progresses with the ball into the final third of course he got an assist too so yeah like Brian said I mean little by little I think we're hopefully starting to see a turn of form earlier this year because again last year it took almost until well the, the second half of the season for him to finally really show up and hopefully that's uh the case here but just a little bit sooner i want to talk about our favorite number eight as well <laughs> um i'm pulling up his stats but Mecha, i thought like just watching this match and i was a little more impressed and i mean on the audio subject like it, it took him longer to Last year it took a while to really get going, and I know, like we, we've talked about it in our recent episode all together too. Like it, it could just take some time coming in a new team, and if we see the output that we paid for, then great, that's amazing. And I want to know like your guys' thoughts on this match because I thought he looked a lot better. Um, and one thing, another thing, this this is nothing on the field, but I do, I like like he seems to have fit in with as far as like team chemistry. Uh, and he seems to have a really good relationship. And I think we even saw that kind of stuff in, in preseason two, which made me like, not like double think like, okay, you, I don't, I don't like you that much. I don't like how much we paid for you, but you seem to be gelling with the guys pretty well. And now he seems to be getting a little more established in the team. So, uh, Brian, I mean, your thoughts on Mecha in this match, uh, specifically. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, keep it short and sweet. Still not worth the 30 mil. Um, that, that much is obvious. Um, but yeah, he's improving. And, you know, kudos to him for doing so. Like you said, he seems to be gelling well with the team. Um, and yeah, if he can continue to go like and have that positive trajectory with the squad and uh, remain out of any, you know, mischievous or notorious headlines, you know, it, it's, it's fine. It is what it is. And, uh, and yeah, uh, as long as he can perform and, and do what he needs to do, you know, more power to him. Yeah, there was those reports. I think they were probably from Biled or something, but they were circulating in some in some people we follow even uh, a week or so ago. And there were reports were like, now everyone, you know, the board, everyone can see why we paid 30 million for him after those performances. And it's like those two, those two performances and they were fine. Uh, no, I personally don't see it. But um, the thing that I've noticed, though, that he it's been night and day, at least for the first few weeks he was here, is just his fitness. I mean, he looks like he's obviously a lot more fit now. He's tracking his runs a bit better. He's he's making more movement off the ball. Um, he's hustling a lot more, looks a lot more engaged in the team. Of course, this is all on the field. And th- those are the that's the biggest standout for me so far. I mean, miles of ahead of any other quality he has is just is his fitness right now and his athleticism and at times his work rate too to all the uh listeners who are big mecha fans and maybe don't like us for hating hating (laughs) on mecha so much i'm just putting out there that this is like almost two weeks in a row i'm i'm trying i'm trying to get brian and carver to talk about him whether they want to or not (laughs) we could talk it's fine (laughs) progression we'll we'll get I mean, we we progress. He progresses. Hopefully, I mean, if he he progresses, we'll we'll talk. We'll hype him up more if <laughs> if necessary. But right now, it's slow and slow. It's fine. Um, little what, by little, <laughs> step by step. I do want to talk. We we kind of. I mean, we we didn't skip over the goal. We talked about the goal, but we talked a little more about Brant's. But full Krug, and I think like the importance of full Krug's first Champions League goal. Brian, I do know you wrote a little piece about this one because I did read it today, and I know it was yours. So if you want to talk about, uh, I mean, th- this this moment for full Krug and kind of what we need to do, or what, not us, we just sit here and, and talk, but what Dortmund needs to do to just keep this going and, and get him uh, in in games and make sure he's scoring more. Because he only, I was kind of surprised, I forgot he only had two goals in the Bundesliga. I think he just like came out, what felt like hot, came out hotter and like took his moment at, at first when he had those chances. Uh, but first Champions League goal, Brian, if you want to touch on him. Absolutely. Um, it's it's important for him, obviously, on a personal level. Like you said, first Champions League goal, that's always a milestone for every player, right? Of course, it came later for him because of his career trajectory, but we're happy that he's there and able to do it for us. Um, he was. He even said he was, he was very happy to score, uh, I believe, what was his first goal in front of the yellow wall. So that's a special goal. Champions League, big game to score that. Super for him. Um, but on the other side, of course, I mean, obviously, it's we, we would hope that it's a, a turning point for him in terms of his club form, because like you mentioned, he only has two goals in the Bundesliga. So, um, and, and with him playing as many minutes as he has, you know, we would, we would expect and hope that he'd be scoring more. And obviously he's prolific, uh, for the, the German national team. So hopefully with scoring this goal, he can kind of translate that form from the national team a little bit more into his performances for the, uh, for Dortmund at club level. Um, and yeah, we can continue to see, you know, him progress and, and kind of show what made him, uh, that the, the top goal scorer in the Bundesliga last year, um, as to what Dortmund have to do. I mean, obviously with this game, he was a lot more involved. Um, 
you know, they were getting the ball to him in promising positions. I mean, he's the type of player that, that can score goals. Like if you lay it to him on a plate in the box, he'll get it in the net. And that's what they did. That's, that's literally what Sabitzer did when he rolled the ball across to him. And, and it was, it was just an easy shot for him, you know? So if they can get in more positions like that, then yeah, you're going to get more goals out of him. You get more, more use in production. Um, I'm going to be optimistic because I do really like full Krug and I really do like, despite obviously we, we've mentioned, you know, the whole joke about having strikers in multiple, like five or six positions on the pitch. I'm really happy he is at Dortmund because he's, because he is the type of player that, you know, shows that sort of fight. Like, even if he isn't scoring, like he's still working for the team. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, super happy for him. And I do hope that this is a breakthrough and we, we do get to see more of the best of him and the team can, can work to bring that best out of him by bringing him into the game more. Uh, yeah, his goal aside, just to piggyback on what Brian said, and in the Newcastle game, he also won the most duels, which was 10 that game, which is, I mean, a lot for a striker. Uh, he had a few cover recoveries as well and an interception. And you, you could just see it in his face whenever he scored that goal in front of the yellow wall and just what it means to him. And um, I mean, he's ready to give his all every single game. And uh, that's, I think that's, a, again, I said this whenever he first signed him, but it's an important personality to have in the locker room right now. Um, especially with, you know, the focal point of our attack beforehand kind of being a, a question mark. So a uh, very important player. Yeah, We talked about it. Carver and I talked about it, I think, when he made his his debut for Dortmund. And, like, you see him, he just, like, the like game mode on. And, like, I, I love the, the drive you see from him. And especially, like, winning the most tackles or duels, uh, whatever that, that stat you just mentioned. And you got to remember, too, like, He's 30. I mean, he looks 30. He he's he's 30. He's an older player. He's got a lot of experience. But you just don't always expect that just to continue to just push. He just tries so hard and he never gives up, which I love and which why I think um he'll continue to to produce for us and I think a goal like this is just going to help even more. Like obviously it gives a lot of motivation and encouragement, but he's just going to want to seek that out more and because he has so much drive and so so much passion already, like you know, this is just going to help him go to another level and 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 keep going. So yeah, I when we initial signing, I was like, eh, really? Do we need him? But like, he's quickly becoming one of my favorites. Like, I I love the guy, and I just love how just like physicality wise, he doesn't look. He looks kind of unassuming. Like you wouldn't expect much, but he just is is non nonstop, and I love it. Yeah. Um, and I do want to shout out the back line in this. I feel like they, uh, great performance all around Matt's Hummels, the man who I'm just continually impressed with how many games he's playing back to back two game, two or three games in a week. And he just keeps going. I mean, we are not talked about, I'm not talking about the Byron game, but the fact that he played the Byron game and then still came out a few days later, had a great game in, in this match. Uh, any other players that you guys want to hit on specifically though, Sule right back, uh, Liked it in this Schlotterback Hummels Rearson decent game as well. Was it Sabitzer throw him in there? Is anyone I mean Carver, you want to touch on Sabitzer specifically? Yeah. Yes. I do want to just Sabitzer specifically. I think he's really growing into the team really well. Um, these past few performances have been a lot better, especially against Newcastle too. I mean he scored against Frankfurt. I think he's starting to get himself about a bit more directly involved in our um in our goals, which is great to see. Um but yeah, shout out to the back line. Yeah, clean sheet, very rare for, for Dortmund, um, especially too with just the way we've been playing. So uh, yeah, all credit to uh, the back line for holding us all the way there. 
I also want to shout out Schlotterbeck because we did kind of like bash him a little bit in the beginning, but he did have like a really good reverse performance in this. I think, um, you know, he was doing a lot of what we've praised him for, you know, bringing the ball up, progressing it. But also he was one of those main fulcrums in, in, in that defense that basically like when Newcastle would try and counter an attack, he would shut it down really, really quick almost every single time. So we saw once again the Schlotterbeck that we love. Um, so it was it was just, yeah, it was, it was good to see him, you know, bounce back despite, you know, the criticism and like possibly not having his greatest performance against Bayern. I feel like he is a player, despite the maybe the little chatter between Upamecano uh, before the goal, like he is a player who's usually always on and always focused and always fired up. And like, I don't think it matters to him what happened in the last match. If anything, like it's going to fire him up even more to go. But I, I feel like he is a player who can always, he can be consistent and maybe, I mean, Byron, I think you throw all that out the, out the window. Like you don't have to, anything we say about that. It's like, just, just move on already. So I should probably stop. I'm the one who keeps referring back to it. So I apologize. Um, but I mean, I talked about it before too. Like Schlotterback is still young and I, I'm excited to just see this continued growth because he's so good al- already and he's still very young. So I'm 23. Yeah. It, it, which is crazy for like what f- feels like such an established center backs and a lot of years ahead. Like I said, him and Hummels just plays in tennis and we could have this for 10 more years, uh, have this partnership for 10 more years. Um, but yeah, all around great performance. I feel like we could talk about everybody a lot in this, which is just the perfect, the perfect way to come out of that Bayern match. And, uh, we do have another match, a tough match coming up. So hopefully they can, we got to keep it going. Uh, we're on the road against a tough opponent, Stuttgart. So if you guys want to get in this match, uh, they're currently sitting third in the Bundesliga table. One, or I guess we're we're even on points. We're fourth. They're third. Uh, I guess they're beating us on. I haven't even looked at the stats. Definitely goal beating us on I goal guess. differential. Absolutely. The crazy, the crazy thing they've. Uh, oh yeah, because <laughs> man, I'm blanking on the player's name. It has 15 goals in like eight appearances. Serhu Gerasi. I hope I didn't butcher that. Well, that's why I'm blanking on it because I knew I couldn't pronounce it. So thank you for <laughs> biting the bullet on it. No worries. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, tough match. The crazy thing is like they have three losses and now we only have one, but they're still above us because that's what happens when you win more and you are drawing games. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough. It's on the road. We do have to face them in the Pokal too in about a month's time. Um, and I know, I think there's been some criticism on Dortmund as far as like, have we really faced anyone yet? Um, and this is our second top four opponent in in a week's time, of course, Bayern, but still Leverkusen uh, is the other opponent. And I mean, is that is that a genuine concern? Like, are we going to start slipping? Do you guys think? Or I mean, now's the time to prove it, right? We gotta we gotta just do it if we really want to compete for a top four spot. Um, this is the time to do it against a, a decent Stuttgart team. Um, I, I don't think we're going to slip at all, actually. I think um, the performance that we had against Newcastle will um, definitely kind of uh, light a fire under the team and really, you know, propel them to, to do well, despite the fact that this is an away game. Um, but you also have to realize that, you know, we're going into this game and they don't have Girassi uh, available to them. And that's kind of like their main player. I mean, they, they lost to Heidenheim, Heidenheim 2-0 in the last game. They show that they really rely on him being that threat there. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off the rest of, rest of their team, you know, and how they perform. But without him being there, they've kind of lost that sort of, you know, guarantee of goals, that player that can possibly bail them out, even if they do, like, let a couple slip in. 
So I do think that with the performance that we put in, it's it's definitely a good game for us to come back and be like, okay, like we beat Newcastle. Now we're back in the league and we're going to take care of business here too. Um, I also think it's a good opportunity f- for us to kind of see a little bit of uh, the team that we saw against Hoffenheim. I think that would be a really good lineup uh, to uh, field against Stuttgart. Um, so we could see a little bit more of that Makoko Reina and Jamie Bino Gittens like interplay again. I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think it, it would just be a really good game uh, for them to go in and, and, and show once again that that's a viable, you know, um, that they're viable players to put in that front line and that can really, you know, trouble one of the better teams in the league. So, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we're going to do all right. I'm not too worried about that game. I did see on Stuttgart's Twitter the other day that Kirasi was training again. I don't know, and, and Brian, you may know, I don't know if he's guaranteed to be out. I am slightly nervous that he may still be fit for at least a short appearance. I'm not sure. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, his numbers are ridiculous. He's two goals off of the golden boot from last year in only eight match days. He has not played since the end of October. Uh, so it, it's just, it's insane that he's already producing that sort of numbers literally a third end of this season or less than that, a fourth end of the season. Um, you mentioned JBG. I'm really surprised he did not get any minutes against Munich or Newcastle. I thought, to be honest, he was going to start at least one of those games and sub on the other, given how many chances he created against Hoffenheim, given Adeyemi. I mean, of course, he, he came on and did produce. But beforehand, we were still unsure if he was going to start to actually produce a bit more. Malin's still kind of hot and cold at the moment. Um, still trying to find his feet in, in, in terms of consistency. But JBG, I think he really, I mean, he creates a lot of chaos for that. Uh, for any back line, he loves taking on the 1v1s. I think that against a team like Newcastle, he really could have ripped them up more. I'm not trying to complain too much because, again, we we still walked away with a win and a clean sheet. But hopefully he gets, uh, if not a start, hopefully a good um, appearance in the second half because I think he really deserves it. Just to jump in on the point with with regards to uh, Girassi's injury, from what I'm seeing here, it says that he's going to be out several weeks. So maybe he's getting back into training, but I don't know if they're going to risk him just yet. So I don't think we're going to have to worry too much. Thank God. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Since you're listening to this on podcast, you missed Carver's praise hands going up (laughs) (laughs) with that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of rotation in this match too. Last time I recorded, we were just getting into this this span of matches where it's it's just two matches a week for the next foreseeable future. <laughs> what it, what it seemed like, and now we're coming up on the end of it with a Stuttgart match. Um, I feel like look if you look back at that just that span of games too. I, I feel like we came out. I mean, no injuries, which is the key thing when playing so many. When, <laughs> the same guys are playing so many minutes. Back to back games like what we've seen from from Hummels, especially. I'm just I'm gonna harp on it. I'm gonna keep harping on it until when he gets injured. Eventually, I'm not gonna be surprised. I'll be like, see, I told you, I told you it was gonna, gonna happen. Uh, but I, I do think we'll we'll see some heavy rotation before we go into the international break. I'll go ahead and make a a lineup prediction. Although I'm I don't have it fully thought out, so I'm just gonna try to try to think this through. I only only backline as far as I got. Kobol and goal. Obviously, I think we'll see Sule and Schlotterbeck, center backs with Wolf and Benzabaini. I'm giving a shot for Benzabaini. I want to see him come back. And then I want to see him score a couple goals so that people will shut up about him not doing good enough. Um, I think I, Chan is still out to right. I think I don't think he'll be yes, coming Chan back anytime out. soon. And so I, I, would, I didn't. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Um, 
I was originally confused as why Benzabini didn't play against Munich, but he was questionable at the time as well. So that's that's why we went uh, end up with going with uh, Rearson on the left there. Brian, you have news on Benzabini because I, I also thought he had some knocker injury or sickness, but then I hadn't. What when I looked at a report or anything, I, he didn't show up as injured. So. Yeah, I think there were photos posted that he was in training as well. And I mean, I know we just said that, you know, that the Kirasi has been spotted in training as well. But I, I don't, he, he never really had like any sort of injury to my understanding that uh, that would have kept him out for an extended period of time. So yeah, I think he should be totally available. Carver, it's okay you cut me off because I don't know where I was going to go after that. Except maybe Mecha, Oshchan, Royce, Malin, JBG, and Makoko up top. Ooh. Brian, do you think Makoko starts this game? I, I mean, I'd like to see that. Do I think it'll happen? I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I think it's a good opportunity. Like I said, it, it's a good it's a good chance for him to start this game um, and once again get get an extended run uh, in the team. Uh, one of the changes I would make to to the lineup that you guys have suggested is I, I also expect Reyna to start um, just because we haven't seen much of him the last couple games either. So yeah, I think putting him in there would be a good idea. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hope and pray that we do see him because he needs more minutes too. Who would you who would you replace there out of? Um, well, I would assume it would be Sabitz or Mecha or Ozjan. Not to put you on the spot, but I'm just curious. Hmm. I guess. Um, and and I don't say this with bias. I think you can take Nemecha out and at least give Gio a half, and then put Nemecha in. Um, I don't think that's, you know, necessarily uh, a bad thing. Um, if he doesn't start, I mean, you can also swap them out um, and, and do the opposite. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think Nemecha uh, could uh, could come on at the half too. Doesn't have to be starting either. So yeah, I think there's going to be a little a little less defensive responsibility for Reyna, so it could be a you know, more of a game for him uh, to shine in as opposed to Frankfurt when he was having to, I'm not saying he excelled at it, but he had a lot more defensive responsibility given they kept exploiting that left-hand side where he was at. Um, so hopefully if we have a little bit more stability around him, of course, um, hopefully with Benzabayani coming back too, and the lack of firepower from Stuttgart at the moment, that can be an opportunity for him to provide more going forward. Um, I think it's a good shout. Yeah, I would. I would honestly probably agree with that. I'm gonna step aside from you, Jake. No, that that's fine. I honestly, <laughs> when I was reading stuff through, I was kind of like, I I overlooked Reyna. I wasn't even like thinking, and and that's probably because we didn't see him the last two matches, and I've just gotten used to not seeing him and not seeing him get a sniff so much. I know, like a few weeks ago, we we did see him finally come in and, and get some minutes, and thought he looked great. Um, so I yeah, hopefully. I will gladly be, I would love to be proven wrong and, and see him get in there, especially over like, I know I mentioned Sabitzer and, and Mecha, uh, but since they have played pretty heavily the last two matches, this is a good opportunity for him to come in if rotation is what we're truly seeking. Of course, um, with, with Stuttgart, I know the last couple of matches, they haven't been as good. Um, with see if I butchered that, um, is is out, like maybe an easier looking game, but it wouldn't surprise me either if he just goes strong and, and this isn't a rotation thing, but I, I think we will see some rotation. Um, but yeah, of course, Stuttgart this Saturday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time and then international break. And it's crazy because we won't have a match until 
after Thanksgiving, which seems crazy. Maybe Thanksgiving is going to come up quicker than I think. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back Saturday, November 25th against Mönchengladbach. And then we have AC Milan uh, the following Tuesday after that. Do you guys have anything else to touch on Stuttgart? If not, I want to talk about one subject quickly. I do not. Good. Uh, and it, I mean, it's, it's just going back to the Champions League because I know we talked about the Newcastle match. Um, we talked briefly about the group of death and, and the table and how that's playing out. But I just want to get your guys' thoughts on, I know I was saying, like, I'm feeling confident now. We're sitting top of the table by one single point. Uh, but just seeing how this group has played out, I love that it's truly becoming the group of death, and I love that we're sitting on top of it. Uh, but what are your guys' thoughts? Like, I think the big turn is AC Milan's just result against PSG with a comeback 2-1 win, uh, which has kind of helped shake things up quite a bit. How are you guys feeling about the Champions League and the group of death? And uh, kind of, I mean, I we know obviously what we need to do at Milan is that next Champions League coming up. But how are you guys feeling about these last two matches? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, you know, as you said, it's still the group of death and th- there's probably a couple more twists and turns uh, that we're going to come across in this group. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the crux of it all is that Milan game. I mean, we haven't seen the AC Milan of old in the, in this group. This this isn't you know the best AC Milan side in history or anything like that. And they have shown that you know they can be contained. I mean, when when we played them uh, at home, I mean, yes, it was a draw, um, but there were so many chances that that we could have scored and take and taken. We should have technically taken three points from that game, in my opinion. Right. Um, this will be an away game, so obviously a little bit more difficult, but. Every single team in this group has shown flaws, and if if we can exploit Milan's flaws, there's no reason why we can't get three points uh, even away from home. And then, of course, we have the the game against PSG after, and we've shown that we can you know take them on too, especially at, at home. So, um, and obviously they haven't been flawless either, uh, especially over the last two games. So, so yeah, I think uh, there's every chance that you know we can we can come away even top of the group um, if we play our cards right in terms of you know gets his lineups correct and, and and puts in the right you know individuals that are that are performing and all that. Um, and who knows? I mean, we just talked about you know full crew, you know, uh, probably getting a little bit more hungry after that first Champions League goal. Maybe he wants more. I have nothing to add. Well said. Perfect. Um. Yeah, so I mentioned that that AC Milan game. And then just coming up, I know, like I said, we have a bit of a break until we're back in action after this Saturday. But it is going to be a tough stretch coming back. Um, I think the Stuttgart game is going to be a little telling because that also tells us what's going to happen maybe or what it might look like in the Pokal when we have them. But um, coming back after the break, like I said, Mönchengladbach home. We're at AC Milan. Uh, then we have Leverkusen, which will be a really big match. We have Stuttgart in the Pokal. Leipzig, PSG, and then finally after that, it seems like things die down a little bit because we have Augsburg, Mainz, and Darmstadt followed by Köln. But uh, we got a big coming back after Thanksgiving, big stretch of games. So it's going to be uh, kind of our, our not make or break, but it, it's going to be a big moment in the season, I think, and and really prove our our resilience. Um, and I mean, getting in that time that we are going to be getting into. Never mind. I was going to say December, but we we got to get through that stretch, hopefully, yeah, and then make it to the January transfer window where maybe we can bring in some some reinforcements. But yeah, tough tough run coming up. Yeah, and you mentioned that Leverkusen game. I think I'm more nervous for that than the Milan game. 
uh, particularly with what, uh, you know, Javi Alonso has been doing there. He's been doing a fantastic job there. And they're a really well-oiled machine right now. So I think, yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm a little bit more worried for that game. And then, of course, you know, the Leipzig game, I mean, their attack right now is is phenomenal. Both uh, Lois Openda and uh, Javi Simons, you know, both fantastic players. They've been really, really tearing it up for Leipzig. So that's going to be an interesting uh, duo to come up against. Um, yeah, so... I think I think those two games are a little bit more scary for me than uh, than the game against Milan and even the game against PSG, which seems crazy to say, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, also, speaking of PSG, I don't know if you guys recently saw, um, but we did have uh, Usman Dembele talk a little bit about his time uh, in Dortmund. Do you guys want to talk about that a little bit? Or I did see that Sorry. quote, and uh, I mean. I don't. I don't have too much to say other than I'm just happy we cashed on in on him whenever we did. I mean, oh, I didn't hundred plus million at the time. I didn't see this quote at all. So if anyone wants to expand upon it more, oh yeah, great. for sure. <laughs> um, so so long story short, I think it was an interview with Lakeep. Well, I, I don't think I know. I wrote an article on this, so I should know. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, he was basically saying, oh yeah, like you know, I fast tracked my move to Dortmund just so I could go to Barcelona. So I mean. He saw us as a stepping stone club. It, 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 I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's necessarily as offensive as as the kind of way he went about it, you know, right. both trashing the house in Dortmund that he was renting and obviously, you know, striking and not going to, to training and all that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to add like a little bit of zest to that PSG encounter. So now I'm really excited for that. Now I'm just like, all right, like you wanted to t- talk about that. That's fine. We'll see how you perform. Um, and I think that'll be like, if we do get that win, at least for me, because I was definitely a little burnt when he did leave Dortmund the way he did, it'll, it'll just be nice. It'll be nice to, to get that on that, on that note too. No, that'll definitely fuel the, the fire of what's already a crazy atmosphere. So it's exciting that we have that match at home, which I, I did forget to mention this earlier, which I, before we started recording, I told you guys, I had notes written out on notepad. Then I lost it on my drive home. Don't know where it went. But one thing I did want to mention, again, talking about the Newcastle Champions League, was the uh, the the protests or the the Dortmund fans uh, for this Newcastle match um, throwing money and uh, the the big banner. It wasn't quite a tifo, not a quite tifo, but the I don't know if it, if you guys want to talk about this a little more because I I thought it was great. Just one, the group of death we're in with with the clubs like Newcastle and PSG. Like I love it, and I'm interested to see if maybe they'll do something else against PSG in the upcoming Champions League match. So the protest itself, and, and that, that was a misconception that I had too. It actually wasn't a protest necessarily against Newcastle. But I like believe UEFA, it was, yeah, yeah, it was more so UEFA and, you know, being uh, there, I think they're, they're trying to show solidarity, solidarity, excuse me, I can't speak uh, with, uh, with Union Berlin and the protest that they staged as well. So that, that was my initial thought, too. Uh, initially, honestly, I thought it was the Newcastle fans throwing something on there. I was like, what the hell's going on? And I was like, wait, no, it's our guys doing it, and it's protesting Newcastle. But no, it's, it's an, in fact, more so like the changes with uh, UEFA and all that. I mean, it's always think... our fan group, our fan, our fan uh, supporter base, I'll say, is, is yeah. always just is always based. And, and Newcastle, too, was um, they had some few banners about like our ticket pricing being reasonable for away fans, too. So that was. Uh, at least from their base, a uh, little cool to see, you know, some solidarity there, but can't say too much just because of the club. But yeah, I mean, even targeted towards UEFA, 
it still is funny if you put it up against Newcastle and PSG and the fact that we're all in the same group it makes it great. I'm I'm gonna run with that as I'm just gonna be satisfied with that, even if it's a lie, but it's a lie I'm telling myself. But hey, that wraps it up uh for this week. We appreciate you guys hanging out and listening. Uh Brian, if if maybe we had a new listener in the last couple of weeks and they don't know exactly who you are, you gotta give you gotta plug yourself, you gotta do some shout outs for you. Yeah, of course. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter, uh, Brian underscore Straub 94 and uh, on Dortmund Dispatch, our pod uh, with, with the guys from BVB Buzz. So yeah, so feel free to listen in. Uh, we talk a lot of Dortmund, obviously, and uh, yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah, if you're uh, just, fin- I mean, this episode is just finishing. So if you're like, oh, I need some more Dortmund content before the, the match this weekend, go check out uh, Dortmund Dispatch. Um, and yeah, we'll link that. We'll link all of Brian's socials, BV buzz and everything in the description of this episode. Uh, yeah. So check that out and follow us on socials at the BVB pod, or if you're not on socials, you can email us. If you have anything to say, uh, the BVB pod at gmail.com and Carver is been sneezing all episode. So I was going to ask him if he has anything more to say, but I think he's, his I'm allergies struggling are to stay him. alive over here. <laughs> So we'll just we'll shut it down. We appreciate you guys hanging out and listening. We will talk with the God talk with you later. It's time for me to go to. See ya. Later. <laughs>